Hi, this is Jim Lyon, and you're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Jay Harvey. Happy New Year, Jay. Happy New Year to you, Jim. Thank you so much. Hey, we're still in this first month of January. We're opening up the package, which has come to us as the year 2020. Mm -hmm. And uh, who knows what's going to come up, because the world's changing so rapidly. Can you think of something, Jay, that changed for you in the year 2019 that you might not have expected? I just think the, the entire way I can operate my life from a smartphone. <laughs> um, nowadays. It, it just dawned on me that I can pretty much do everything I need to from a smartphone. You can toss that desktop away. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Well, phones are a good illustration of how rapidly our world has changed, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to even imagine what the world was like before we carried in our pocket this computer that does our calendars, that mm. makes phone calls. We can do actual visual connections with people, live time, FaceTime. Right. When you think about, I can go online and look up anything in a minute. Yeah. I just went to see the new Star Wars movie. Yes. And, and I couldn't resist, but I was on my phone checking out some of the backstory of this mm-hmm. and that. What a world is changing. Yes. And who knows where we're going to be at the end of 2020. <laughs> that's right. But here at Viewpoint, in a world that's changing so rapidly, not just in the technology and the way in which we live, but just the headlines, who knows where the world's going. Mm-hmm. We thought it might be good to start the new year looking backward because I sometimes I'm tempted to think that, well, nobody's lived a world like I'm living in. Mm-hmm. Other generations don't know what it's like, and they didn't have technology like I have. But every generation has faced some jaw-dropping challenges that must give them pause to wonder. And as we go into this new year of, I promise, rapid change, mm-hmm. let's be inspired, maybe yes. dared by some great souls who've gone before us. We're calling the series Saints and Heroes. Wow. Jay, when I say the word saints, yes. what comes to mind? What do you think? Um, people who have been dead a long time and did something good. I, that's just my <laughs> first <laughs> reaction. Uh, so, so you didn't run to the New Orleans Saints. No. You, you, you had a more spiritual frame. I, I did a you, little bit, yeah. But people who have been dead a long time and did something <laughs> good, notable. Yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense. And yeah. we've all driven by church buildings that are called this or that, or a hospital named after a saint, or we've seen stained glass, or we have a Christmas card that looks like got saints on it. I mean, that concept of saints is deeply rooted in our civilization. It's right. just what you described. Uh, people who've been gone a long time mm-hmm. and did good stuff. Mm-hmm. There are people who see saints as, as like interlocutors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're so good that they you know, got into heaven's gate, and now they're actually advocates for us. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I'm right there yet. Right. I do believe that there is a heaven, and I do believe there are people who surrender their lives into the arms of Jesus and find their way to heaven. But when it comes to praying and need an advocate, I'm a guy who thinks that Jesus is that guy for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, don't, I don't need some other person who lived like me and did some good stuff, but I probably had some missteps too, to be my advocate, even right. though the Scripture says that we're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses. Mm-hmm. That's in Hebrews chapter 12. And, and that means that there are people who have gone on before us who have lived well, and they've lived in the arms of God and the grace of God, mm. and they're witnesses to what we do. Our series here at Viewpoint just now, though, isn't about asking those people to help us as it is to just celebrate and remember and acknowledge ah. their, their great uh, lives and how they navigated through turbulent times. 
And today, we're looking at two guys who have literally etched their names into all of history. We're choosing people for our Saints and Heroes series from the church calendar of the Church of England. That's the Anglican Communion. It's the largest group of Protestant believers in the world. And uh, they have a calendar, like many church groups do, mm-hmm. that identify days by which to remember certain great people behind us. Right. Timothy and Titus, they are celebrated on the Anglican church calendar on the 26th of January every year, remembered for their lives. But not just on that calendar, also in the Roman Catholic calendar. Mm-hmm. And in Orthodox church calendars, Timothy and Titus are standouts. And as January is coming to a close, all around the world, people are taking a minute to stop and think about these two guys. We do too. And all the bitter, weary ways, the endless driving day by day, you barely have the strength to pray in the valley low. And how hard your fight has been, how deep the pain within, wounds that no one else has seen, hurts too much to show. Timothy and Titus J., uh, those are names from the New Testament. Sometimes we think of saints as people who lived uh, after uh, the New Testament, but there are great great figures of faith in the New Testament, of course, too, that are certainly saints and heroes. And as I think about Timothy and Titus, well, I think about there's books in the Bible named after them. Right. (laughs) They're actually letters of the Apostle Paul written to Timothy and also to Titus, separate books. There are two letters to Timothy, one to Titus that are recorded. And in Paul's second letter to Timothy, he kind of sets up for us the nature of these guys. It tells us something about who they right, are, right. certainly about Timothy in this particular instance. And I know you have that right before you in Second yes. Timothy uh, in the first chapter. It's a right off the block. Paul right. is writing to this young man who's a generation behind Paul. He's way younger than Paul, right. but the Paul clearly cares about. What does he say? He says, This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. 
I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. I am writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands upon you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Well, there's a way to start a letter. Sure. I usually say, hey. Hey. Could you... uh, Hope things are well. Pick up my dinner check? (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of the things I read in that is, again, is, and I'm so glad the program is, is designed around who they were, what, what they did, what they left. Because so often as a pastor and you, you turn to the book of Timothy or you turn to the book of Titus and to go to the instructional mode of what, how to do this or how to do that, we forget that these were people that Paul poured into and, and that there is something to their, their character, what they did, uh, who they were and what made them the believers that they were. And to dig into that uh, can do nothing but encourage us. Well. Timothy and Titus both were outstanding figures who helped establish a whole new world order. Right. They helped bring Christianity to life in the ancient Roman Empire, and we still live in the shadow of that very positive legacy. I mean, think about that. These men lived in such a way that here we are 20 centuries later still talking about them. Wow. It's astonishing. And what is it about them that can clue us about how to live in a way that maybe even just tomorrow or next year, in the year 2021, someone might refer to us in a positive way. What are some of the lessons? This letter that you just read from is Mm -hmm. specifically addressed to Timothy, but Paul's letter to Titus, who was a contemporary of Timothy in a different place, has a similar vibe. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that jumps off the page to me about it is, is just the power of friendship. Yes. So Paul himself is a towering figure, of course. Mm -hmm. And he has this protege named Timothy, and they develop a friendship. Mm -hmm. And that friendship transcends time and space. They're not often side by side physically. They simply are communicating. Think about this in an ancient world. There's no smartphone. Uh, A lot of work and effort going into a letter written and then delivered across time and space in those days. But still they maintain a certain kind of integrity to their relationship that deeply bonds them. They are united together. They don't see themselves as soloists. They are not just individuals. Mm -hmm. They are friends, and they are leeched by the cause of bringing the kingdom of God to life in their world. I mean, that's a lesson. What can I do this year, in the year 2020, to invest in friendships, friendships that can help empower me to stand tall in in my cause, and that I can help someone else stand tall. And actually, because we're friends working along the same lines and living in the same way, we actually have impacts that are magnified. Right. I I think that that is a point that we often uh, overlook in in today's culture, and and that is there is such value in relationship building through a cause. And 
if you're doing something as they were to, to bring the kingdom these many centuries ago in, in the places that had, you know, there was tremendous pushback, it deepens the relationship and deepens the friendship based on exactly what Paul says in verse 5, which jumped out to me. He says, I remember your genuine faith, that foundation, that genuine faith that is that establishes the relationship. And then they're, they're working for a cause, the cause of Christ. You know, those types of characteristics truly uh, develop a bond that I think you can only find sometimes when you're working on a cause together, not just perhaps yeah. going to church together or doing this or that together. And, and that is what gets me about this verse. There are all kinds of relationships right. that we might call friendships that are born out of, well, a common experience uh, and entertainment or right. adventure of a kind. I, I went to, to a football game with someone or I, I have a history of hanging out with somebody doing this and that. That's more of an entertainment deal. But when you're actually shoulder to shoulder in a cause... Right. You can develop a level of relationship that is transcendent. And you know, Jay, I'm an adopted person, so mm-hmm. I understand family is not just by blood. Right. You can be bound to someone and consider themselves to be your family if you share the common value and ideal, and it makes you grow together. Your friends, Paul calls Timothy, my dear son. They're not right. related by blood. Right. They're, they're separated by a generation of just years of experience, but there's something about it that they are related like family, so rich. And that leads right to the next thing is the power of mentoring. Right. Paul is pouring into Timothy. He's he's actually intentionally saying, Timothy is young enough to be my son, and I want to encourage him and to call the best out of him, and I'm daring him to be all that he can be. Man, who can I mentor right. this right. year? I'm old enough to have adult men mm-hmm. and women as my children. Who can I mentor? And at the same token, there's some people older than me that I should defer to. Mm. Who are those mentors? So powerful if I want to make this world better in 2020. Yeah, the cause is going to go on, right? I mean, so uh, we're we're compelled to to pour into others. And uh, one thing I, I know that you always taught me as my pastor a long time ago was there should be somebody that you're looking behind to, to help bring along, and there's always somebody ahead of you that you should be learning from. And, and I think that that is what we're talking about. You know, it's what you do with the time that you have that will determine what kind of mark you leave on this world. The relationship. Right. And that friendship. I want to be more intentional about relationships friendships this year. I want to invest in them. And hey, thanks for that tip of the hat, Jay. I just, I would call you my dear son, (laughs) young as you are. Hey, you know, there's another thing that just uh, strikes me about this, and that is the power of the gospel of Jesus, this way of Christ, this way of Jesus to tear down barriers and cultural constructs that would separate people naturally, but they become one. So Both Timothy and Titus have Gentile roots, and Paul is Jewish. And in Paul's upbringing, he saw himself as part of a very privileged class that that saw everyone else as less than. That was his upbringing. And yet he becomes bonded to these young guys in spite of the fact that they come from vastly different belief and value systems. It's amazing. And the way that works is because Jesus is the great equalizer. Mm. When Jesus is in the mix... People see themselves as peers, not as above or below somebody else. Right. And that's a real powerful win when you're trying to build a friendship. I'm not better than Jay Harvey. Mm. I'm like Jay Harvey. Mm. I'm not worse than Jay Harvey. I'm not right. beneath him. <laughs> I am just on this planet with Jay. 
Right. And with Jesus, we're both, you know, finding our way. Yeah. And that makes friendship so much more, well, doable. Right. And I would think that Paul, you would have to think that Paul, as he, as he aged, realized that, that the value in which you just spoke about in mentoring or making all things equal and the importance of, of passing this down, and then also, uh, you know, being in relationship with Timothy, that it wasn't just a one-way. There was obviously mutuality here and, and, and a real love for each other uh, in the faith that it becomes more important the older that you get, yes, that these are the things that will last. It is, it is how you treat others. It is how you pour into others. Uh, it is how you live out your genuine faith that one day, maybe, just somebody will call you a saint, right? I mean, like, you know, a <laughs> hundred years from now, I remember that Jim Lyon, he was just a saint, you know? Uh, uh, it's not necessarily who you were, but it's what you did. And that is the 2020 for me, is investing in in people more in the moment. And, and, and that is something that I've talked to my family about as well. So I think we're on the same page here. There's a, a line in the passage you read from Timothy that speaks about Paul's sense of Timothy. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, the spirit of Jesus that we have yes. is not one of timidity and it's right. not one of fear, but instead it's a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. And that has long cast a, a shadow mm. over Timothy as if Timothy may himself have been a little bit timid or maybe he was afraid. That could be because he was younger and wasn't sure as he was maturing just exactly what his capacities were. Mm. Whatever Timothy was like, and we're not sure what prompted Paul to make the observation per se, it's clear that Paul was daring Timothy Mm. to be powerful and to be loving and to have self-discipline. In other words, he was calling the best out of Timothy. He said, don't don't be afraid. Don't don't hang back. Just own it, Timothy. You can. Be the guy that God made you Mm. to be. And I think that's another propelling fact in Timothy's life and the same in Titus's life. Both of them grew to lead churches in different parts of the ancient Roman world. They were bishops. They were overseers. They were people who helped manage and build and expand and and to help enhance the life and community of others. And in those roles, they were receiving this from Paul, from God himself. Don't be timid. Be bold. Mm. You know, if the world's going to be better at the end of 2020 than it was at the beginning, I need to have some friends, Mm -hmm. and I need to have some friends who can empower me and dare me to be bold, that make me want to be more courageous. You know, I've found that if I've got some other people who are alongside me, I'm more willing to do great things than if I just am on my own. Right. Mm. And this is a call for us to be daring. Don't let this year pass by without being courageous. There's something in this world broken that you need to fix. There's something in this world that needs the loving hand of heaven to intervene. It can be your hand. Don't be shy or timid about it. Mm. Well, that leads us to a life worth living, Uh, being faithful, being honest, being true to yourself, being in the company of friends who share those values and help polish and, and scrub them on you, even as you do for them. Right. Right. Timothy and Titus, that's their game. That's what they did. And 20 centuries on, we're still looking at these letters hmm. like, wow, I want to be that way. We don't know where you are in this world. We're not sure what your world is like just now. But we know the world in which you live because we're all living it. And this year will be filled with tall mountains to climb and deep valleys to cross. And it's going to be intimidating at times, and you're going to feel alone at times. 
And if there's something we can learn from these saints and heroes, from Timothy and Titus, it is find some friends. Allow yourself to be mentored and mentor someone else. Be intentional. Don't just think that friends will happen. Don't just wait for somebody to be your friend. Make some friends and be bold about it. And as you are, by the end of this year, the world can be better because you did not walk it alone. You walked with some people who shared your cause. The best friend you can have is Jesus. How do you make him your friend? Because Jesus was the common denominator for Paul, Timothy, and Titus. You can make Jesus your friend too. No, he will make you his friend this year if you open your heart's door. How to do that? Well, just start. Start by praying with us right now. Just take a deep breath, and as this new year is beginning, pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you know us by name and that you desire our company. We're thankful for Jesus who came into the world. We have just celebrated his uh, birthday as we are wont to do at the end of the year. And as this new year has come, we are reminded that Jesus is here. And we thank you that Jesus is willing to come alongside, and we pray, Lord, that he might be our friend and we his. We admit, Lord, that we're not worthy of his company and that we have made terrible mistakes. We have sinned. We have harmed others by doing things we should not have done and perhaps by refusing to do what we know we should have done. We admit our fault, Lord, and ask you to make us whole by the work of Jesus on the cross. Make us clean. And doing so, Lord, help us to invest in that relationship with Jesus and help us also to find some friends in this year that we can invest in and that will invest in us, Lord. I don't know who they'll be, but for everyone listening, Lord, as they walk with you, may they find new and deep friendships in this year, 2020, that can change the world, just like Timothy and Titus did. Help us to be bold and not timid. Help us to be loving and not careless. Help us to be self-disciplined and not just cavalier. We know it can be done, Lord, and we pray the world would be better because we walked in it this year with Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind. But now I see T'was grace that taught my heart to fear And grace my fears relieved How precious did that grace appear The I first believe my chains are
you'd like to know more about Timothy or Titus, about Jesus, give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're by the phone. And yes, we want to hear your voice. Jay, I know that there are some people that might not be, well, ready to call us up just yet. That's right. But they still want to know something more. How can they find us online? They can find us online at www.cbhviewpoint.org. CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are, cbhviewpoint.org. You can read about us there, but you can also send us an email, and we will reply. Or at the last, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, or use the post, please let us hear from you this week. Jay Harvey, Mm -hmm. thanks for coming alongside, my dear son. Yes, yes, thank you. (laughs) And uh, thanks for being the guy you are. Thanks for being my friend. Uh, You bet. And we are thankful that you tuned in today. And we hope that you'll join us again next week when we, well, identify another saint and a hero off the calendar of the Church of England. But this is not an English guy. This guy we're going to talk about next week is about Scandinavia. You won't want to miss it. Until then, for all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Happy New Year, and stay tuned. 